Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. The elements are a metaphor, a simple organizational system to help us understand business and ourselves as business owners. And they are the components of nature, the roots of magic, and the building blocks of life. We all have some aspects of life and business where we thrive and others that are more challenging. By looking at these things elementally, we remove shame and judgment and can discern which elements would help us bring ourselves into balance. Earth, root chakra, Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. Earth rules the parts of business that keep us safe and secure as we do our soul work. Sustainability, finances, contracts, systems, our core values, and clarity about exactly what our medicine is and how we fit into the ecosystem are governed by Earth element. Air, heart and third eye chakra, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. Air rules our big vision, our ultimate picture of success. It's where we connect our medicine to a mission and decide what kind of impact we want to create during our time on this planet. Water. Sacral Chakra, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. This is the realm of our emotions, and business is emotional. How we feel about people, ourselves, visibility, uncertainty, how we handle stress and disappointment, all of this and more affects how you navigate your business. Water Element is where we learn to resource ourselves and expand our capacity to hold the big feelings that come with doing our work in the world. Fire. Solar plexus chakra, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Fire is where we take our gifts, our uniqueness, and our creations, and we blaze them out into the world. All things selling, marketing, and the day-to-day actions of running our business are ruled by fire. Too much fire and we burn out. Not enough and our business never makes it off the ground. And spirit, crown chakra. Every good gardener knows the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Spirit rules the faith required to keep tending your business long before you've seen a single sprout of evidence that it's growing. No matter what you believe in, spirit element is what you travel through after you leap and before you land. Life thrives when all of the elements are in balance. So do you, and so will your business. To find out your dominant element, take our quiz at intuitiveedgecoaching.com quiz. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome back to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. If you're new here, I'm so happy that you're here. If you're returning, welcome back. I'm really excited to share today's conversation with you uh, about marketing with Imani K. Brown. This was such a fun conversation and Imani is such a delight. Before we hop into the episode, I do want to make a quick announcement about my brand new program, which is called the Scale Mentorship. SCALE is an acronym that stands for Systems, Courses, Automation, Leadership, and Expansion. This offering is for established solopreneurs who basically have maxed out at their current level. So if all of your offers are one-on-one or done for you and you're making good money, but you have reached the max on how many clients you can take or how much time you have available for your business, you're doing everything yourself and you don't have the time and location freedom that you'd really like to have in your business because you're always trying to do one-on-one or done for you services, then scale is the program for you. You 
can scale your business when your business is designed to scale. And what scaling means is that you can take way, 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 way more customers without necessarily adding to the amount of work you're doing. This is also a really great opportunity for someone who maybe you've made courses or other um, programs or products in the past, but what you tend to do is constantly make new offerings and you've never leveraged or scaled any of the existing products in your repertoire. They're all just sitting on a Google Drive and not being sold, but those things, if they were being sold regularly, if they were on an automated funnel, could be bringing in additional clients and additional revenue into your business. So that would also be a really great fit for you. Scale is a six-month program, and this current beta round of it is a private offering. This is a one-on-one package. I'm going to be walking you through the scale framework and helping you implement the systems into your business to get you set up so that you can scale your business. There are two different packages. One is a done with you package and the other is a done for you package. In the done with you package, I'm going to show you what to do and support you through doing it. In the done for you package, I'm going to be showing you what to do and my team members are available to build your systems for you and it comes with a virtual assistant for three months that I support you through delegating to, communicating with, and managing and you could choose to hire that person going forward when the uh, when our agreement ends or you could then move on and take the systems that you've developed and hire your own assistant but both of those packages are available when this program beta round is complete it will be becoming a mastermind and the price will be going up so right now is the absolute best time to take advantage of this offer and you're getting a lower price and to do it one-on-one in exchange for being a beta tester for the format and giving me feedback and testimonials at the end of our experience together on how the program worked for you I have three spots left out of five. So if you want one of them, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for you to look up all of the information and put in an application. So that's my only announcement. Without further ado, let's get into the show. I am so excited for the show today. I am bringing you Imani K. Brown, an OG tattoo artist of 20 years, visual communicator, author, dopamine peddler, and fairy godmother to creatives. She is the founder of Little Ink Play Shop and the creative behind the YUME methodology, an empowering framework used to tap into your authentic superpowers to build a dream lifestyle. When it comes to reframing how ambitious creatives do business, no one does it better than Amani K. Brown. Amani, welcome to the show. Hi, how are I'm, you? I'm so excited to talk with you about everything, but especially about <laughs> marketing for artists and creatives. Uh, everyone is going to be very touched and excited and supported and benefited by this conversation. I already know. Um, before we get into anything else, the kids all want to know your astrological big three and your human design if you know it we love asking oh oh my gosh my human design my astrological big three is not really three it's only two technically um 
Yeah, it's Gemini, Gemini, and Virgo. <laughs> oh, Gemini, Sun, and Rising, Virgo, Moon. <laughs> okay, I'm a uh, Taurus, Sun, and Rising, and Libra, Moon. Okay. Oh, yeah. awesome. Oh, that's yeah. spicy. Yeah. <laughs> all Venus all the time. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. Um, I thought I was Libra at some point, and then I found out that I had my time wrong by like an hour. So it really just kind of shifted things. Mm-hmm. Not much. It was literally like Gemini, Libra, Virgo, I think. And then it was like, oh no, I'm all in, I'm I'm all in Gemini. And I'm a Gemini, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, human design. I am what are those things called? Manifesting generator. Okay. Love that. Yeah. Do you so, know if you're sacral authority or emotional? Sacral sacral authority um I don't there was something we talked about with emotion but I forgot what it was but it wasn't in the authority space at all I always say that I think having sacral authority is the easiest and I feel very sorry for everyone else (laughs) like once you right we're gonna get into this in terms of like sourcing yourself it is very Mm -hmm. countercultural to be like oh I can't make decisions from my mind or logic. I have to go with my gut. But once you really embrace your strategy, you know, I know reflectors, they're supposed to wait a moon cycle. All these projectors, they have to wait to be invited. The emotional authority people, you got to wait a few days. I'm like, I love having an instant yes or no. I don't always listen yeah, to it. Yeah, literally. But just I always know. <laughs> That's it. Just trust it. Yep. I used to, I think human design really helped me understand that in real life because I used to think that because I didn't have anything logically to back whatever my gut was saying, then it would, you know, keep me from trusting it. Right. Um, so once I got my human design done, it was like, oh, that really is just me. Like that's, that is my mind. <laughs> and he's just like, yes, it's like, that's, that's, that's where your decisions come from. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, like it really, and I'm, I have um, anxiety. So it really helped me understand and really start to sift through um, those feelings of whether it's actually anxiety or if my gut is talking to me. Cause I think I've lumped all of that under just anxiety and just kind of toss it away and, you know, oh, it's my anxiety doing things. No, my gut was really like talking to me and I didn't understand how to read that. So that's so interesting. I've struggled with anxiety and I feel like my part of my experience with anxiety is that most of my anxiety is in the mental overthinking space. And then of course there, there ends up being like a physiological response, like a heart racing and a gut and all of that stuff. But that one of the ways I feel like using my strategy helped with anxiety was being able to kind of tell my brain You can think about it all you want, but we're going to do what gut says. So it's not going to help for me to think about all these different scenarios and for me to go, what if this, what if that? That's a waste of time because we're just going to do what gut says. And, you know, why don't we just go like every time we don't do what gut says, we end up sitting somewhere with our head in our hands being like, why the fuck did I not listen? The worst. Oh my God. Like when I tell you so many life lessons just from not even like listening to my gut or even just lumping it all, like just, yeah, I'm gonna do what brain says instead. Yeah, no, no. I 
I've given that up like two years ago. Ugh. And brain is very oh. persuasive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, brain is persuasive. And then I, I end up on what I call a hamster wheel. So literally like brain just doing that whole what if cycle and going through all of these questions and scenarios and all it does is trigger anxiety. And it's just like, if you just listen to your gut, you wouldn't be here. See how that works. I like to just tell her all the time she loud and wrong. That's my friend, like, ma'am, <laughs> loud and wrong all the time. Like, <laughs> hush. Nope. Yep. No, I do that. I lay in bed like that. Ah. No. Um, so... I was really intrigued by your approach to marketing as self-care. And I would love to hear about the YUME method. Break it down for us. What does it stand for? All right. So YUME um, is Japanese for dream. It's one of my favorite Japanese words. Um, and I actually do the fashion called um, YUME Kawaii. So with that, it's like within my actual lifestyle. But the acronym is yes unequivocal. I love long words for absolutely no reason. Unequivocal marketing and execution. I think these are some of the, these are the four cruxes that um, creatives and not just creatives. A lot of people just have trouble with in general as they try and make it to the next step, whether it's in life or in, um, in their business. Uh, So saying yes to your dreams, like, you know, really, really honing in on your dreams and really saying, come what may we doing this. Like we, just talked about like brain versus gut brain will be like oh we can't do blah 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 blah. you know what I mean gut is like no sis get on like let's go so you or yes is really saying yes to your dreams like come what may hands down you're you're in it unequivocal is two-part it means clarity um it also means audaciousness or outspoken so once you get clear you know you really do have the green light to be as audacious and outspoken about whatever it is that you really want to share with the world marketing yeah we all we all love that one (laughs) for creatives especially i think you know, Erica Badu has a saying, um, uh, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit, right? Um, and with that, I think a lot of the, a lot of times that sensitivity um, of going out and almost like, for lack of a better term, feeling like you're slutting yourself out, feeling like you're slutting your art out type of deal, um, really shifting that perspective to you just taking up space, showing up for you first. So you're not marketing to people, you're marketing to yourself, um, which goes back into, you know, dreams. And then, of course, execution where a lot of people fall short in general is just like executing on the thing that you said that you wanted to do, whether it was for yourself, for somebody else, uh, to benefit your family, whatever it is, like, instead of just saying it, do it, actually execute on it. So you can live an actual dream life as opposed to, um, as opposed to, you know, uh, living a life for someone else and building somebody else's dreams, like really execute on what it is that you say you're going to do. I'm really big on like, you know, my word is my bond. So when you say you're going to do something, even if nobody else was in the room, if you said it to yourself, execute on it, do it. Mm. Cool. So that's so powerful. Um, I almost want to work backwards. I think Ooh, reverse engineering is fine. (laughs) Think about like, even if you only set it to yourself, execute on it. One of the things that I think is so important when we're talking about 
honoring our commitments, right? Whether you're honoring commitments to yourself or to other people, something I think that a lot of people maybe don't realize is that your when you don't honor commitments, especially to yourself, you erode your own self-trust and self-confidence and that lowers your self-esteem, which creates kind of a vicious cycle. The domino that, effect. Yeah, like now I don't want to take things on because I don't know if I'm going to show up and I don't know if I'm going to show up because I don't always honor my word and I don't always honor my word because I like struggle with these other self-esteem things or I doubt myself or I go into avoidance, I go into overwhelm, right? Whatever these things are. And first of all, I want to say those things are all real, right? I think the reason Absolutely. that like coaching and support and therapy and all these things are important is because rather than rather than acting on the overwhelm and being like, well, I'm overwhelmed, so now I'm going to shut down and not follow through, like the kind thing we can do when we feel overwhelmed is I need to get myself some support and some help to work through this emotion so that I can do what I said I was going to do. Because if I don't, I will be disappointed in myself and that's going to compound the story of like, I'm not reliable. I don't follow through. I don't finish things. I don't get things done. It's such an erosive and corrosive agent in our system. If we don't follow through on what we said we were going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of times, again, when we go back to talking about like things that are introspective versus, uh, uh, versus external. A lot of times we can look at that and say like, you know, uh, X, Y, and Z, this person doesn't follow through, this person doesn't show up. And we don't ever look at how we're not showing up for ourselves and how we fail ourselves almost daily. You know, I said, I'm, I'm going to do this for myself. Well, nobody was here to witness it. So I'm just not going to do it, you know? And it's just like, but you were there. You know, you, your spirit, God, whoever the higher being is that you believe in, there was a presence there to really say, to really, you know, uh, be able to hold you accountable for what you're going to do for yourself. And then, you know, that also adds to the erosion, I think, um, is when, you know, you are in the company of yourself. That's probably the strongest person you could be in company with. So when you're in company with yourself and you literally say to yourself, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and you don't do it. Like that's, yeah, no, no. But we're, we always look at those, you know, as it relates to other things external of us and not how those things relate to ourselves. Yeah. We were talking before we hit record about uh, your own universe and the internal versus introspection versus, uh, I don't know, external sourcing. So maybe break that down, the concept of your own universe. All right. So your own universe, you, and I put it in all caps, like all the times and I'm an introvert. So literally like all caps is like yelling at you, <laughs> you. but it really is talking about, um, dang, I said it so fluidly earlier and now my brain's like, huh? <laughs> that stuff happens before I hit record. I've got to start being better about just hitting record right it's away. It's cool. It's cool. We're going to, we're going to work through this. So your own universe, um, if you consider the earth as the universe, as space, right? As a galaxy, within that galaxy is a bunch of stars. Those stars are people. Um, each star or each each planet has whatever it needs to sustain itself. Um, we may have different things. We may have similar things, but we all have what we individually need, like what our individual things are. 
a lot of times we are taught to look external for those things that are already within us as opposed to going within. And I do believe that we all come to this universe with everything that we need to sustain ourselves. We just don't, we haven't been taught um, and we don't practice how to access it within ourselves. We just, you know, we still kind of grasp at those things that are outward of us. But if you look at earth, as as its own universe, as its own planet. It has everything it's need, it needs. It's not going to go over to Mars and be like, hey, Slim, can I borrow some water? Uh, we're, we're running short over here. Earth is like, no, let's figure out how to reproduce more water or how to keep more of like an ecosystem. Um, and I think that's that's probably the best word you could say for your own universe. Like you are your own ecosystem. So you're able to produce um, where there's no lack, there's more abundance. Um, You're able to create and recreate things, no lack, no abundance. You're able to put things in, in almost like a recycle bin. But if you're not taught how to look within and see those things, how to reuse those things, how to make sure those things add to your ecosystem um, or release those things so they don't harm your ecosystem, <laughs> you wouldn't know if you don't start considering yourself as your own universe and celebrate it like every day. I'm my stars. I'm my sea. I am, you know, I'm my wind. I'm my rain. Everything that I need is actually within me the the good and the bad like you know it's bad weather too so all that stuff is there but it all adds to you know to the development of you you just have to learn how to go within and access it so that's the concept of you i love that so much so how does the your own universe and the you may method come together in your work with creative Okay, so in working with creatives, your own universe, again, we're talking about dreams, building your dream life, right? So in building your dream life, you first have to understand that, you know, you can, if you go within, you're already amongst the stars. You don't have to shoot for anything. You just have to put things in order. Um, You may is more about not building something new, but really taking the things that you already have, the concepts, the beliefs, the philosophies, the creativity, everything you have and curating it. So you're not creating anything new. You're just curating all the things that you have um, from your own universe to make sure that you can sustain yourself. We're talking about this in business form, which means that we're talking about how do we curate these things so we can make money to use money as a tool for our best life, right? So So with that really being able to say, I am my own universe and what do I have within me to really, um, and what can I curate and bring out of me to make more money, to live my best life, to really, you know, to, to really live my best heaven on earth, if you will. I love that. hope that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And. When did you start working with other creatives on marketing? What was like, you know, so I know you're a tattoo artist. So how did the kind of journey into the marketing stuff start to happen? Okay. So I think my, my coach, um, shout out to Dawn. She's always yelling at me that I'm a marketing nerd. (laughs) And I'm just like, no, I'm not. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you just don't hear yourself and you just don't want to, you don't want to own it. Um, I think personally, I've been a marketer. If we are looking at my concept of marketing all my life, because I've been a creative, an artist, 
all my life, literally. I come from, I come from a family of artists, uh, sewing, art, photography, all of those things, fashion design, all of those things. So I've been in the realm of marketing without understanding that I was marketing all this time. Um, I think I got serious about it in college because college is where you start. You know, I went to uh, I went to Clark Atlanta and um, I was an art major. So, of course, you have to do gallery exhibits. You have to have portfolio. All of those things are marketing. Um, so really getting into it there uh, is when I started doing like headshots and stuff for for uh, for um for my peers. And with that, I was just like, no, we got to make you look a certain way. So like, you can really like put this into a brand. Like you can really like build this out all types of visual things <laughs> where they're just like, okay, let's, let's go for it. And those people took them and made their own businesses with them. It's amazing. I did not know I would, what I was doing then. Um, in tattoo, it then transferred into what I did with artist management as a tattoo artist. Um, within 20 years, I think as I came out of my apprenticeship, I asked my tattoo master um, if I can help him run um, run the shop, Pins and Needles. I asked him if I could help him run it. I just saw some things that could be better and I didn't know how to explain them, like how to verbally communicate them. It was just like, if you just let me at it and give me some permissions, I can do the thing. <laughs> and he was just like, I need the help. So let's go. Um, that turned into me being a whole brand manager there and, and being over brand image, which then meant that I had to help each artist with how they show up for themselves um, so that they can grow themselves as a brand. With Tattoo, uh, if you are in a shop, it is more like uh, it's almost like a a mall eatery. So it's an umbrella, but each shop is, is each person is, is its own individual business. So how does marketing help and what can we do here to help boost your, your visibility? And I got really into what that looked like for, for artists. And then I got into what it looked like for myself. So I started doing it more for other people. Um, and then, then came back to me, if you will. But that's, I think, yeah, I think tattoo would probably be the safest place to say um, within the first three years of my career that I got into marketing. And I did that for 12 years for pens before I got out on my own and did it for myself. It's amazing. What did you find in years of working with all these other artists? And it's interesting because I, you know, I have kind of a similar thing, of course, not in tattooing, but... I started working with artists in business because I'm an artist and I've been self-employed my whole life. And so I was always right? where people would just ask me, like, I've always just been good at like, how do you monetize this? Because my whole goal, my whole life was like, I just don't want to work for anybody else. Like, I just don't want to have a job. That part. And so <laughs> I, I will meet people. I had this thing I talk about all the time. I ran into somebody and they were like, do you remember how we met? And I was like, not at all. And they were like, we were in a bar in New York and you were drunk or like we were at a party in New York and you were drunk. And I was telling you about the thing I wanted to start. And you wrote a business plan for me on a napkin. And that's still what I do. And I'm like, that sounds on brand. That sounds right. Like I've <laughs> always been like this. I'm just like, oh yeah, you would do it like that, like this, like that, like this, like seeing how people could make their thing happen has always just been something that yeah. I known and then it's been with artists because those are my people and that's who I've been around and I also think and I'm sure you find this as well that like the particular 
challenges and struggles that artists and creatives and also I have found spiritual entrepreneurs which I ended up adding to kind of like the people I help that that we have in business are unique to us because there's a personality type that's connected first of all to I'm sensitive about my shit not being able to separate that like I know it feels like your work is you and is an extension of you, but it you can't really think of it like that once it like leaves your hands and goes out into the world. You have to like learn to think of it as a product or it's going to be really hard for you to share it with you let go. It yeah. go, have a life, which it needs to mm -hmm. do, right? Like your kid needs to have a driver's license, like let it go. <laughs> let it leave the house. Stop helicopter parenting your art. Your baby needs to grow up. Yeah, let it grow up. <laughs> let each individual art baby that you make grow up and have a life. Like you want it to run around the internet, right? Like you want it to be a bestseller, like whatever. Like you have to separate it from your personhood. Um, and then also, I think there's something real particular about kind of growing up, first of all, being told that the things that you're good at are not a real job and that you're going to have to have a backup plan that really undermine our confidence because we know we don't want to do anything else and we don't want to work for anyone else. But you've also been told like you're flighty, you're impractical, like at some point you're going to have to get serious, like all these mm -hmm. things that are kind of in there that we might not even logically like or intellectually believe, but they're still kind of in there. And then also feeling because of that, rejecting and turned off by the world of business and commerce and money and be like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Like they rejected us, we reject them right back. And so then you're like, okay, but at, if you want to run a business, if you want to make money, like we're going to have to like reframe how you feel about some of these things because you can't reject the world of business and be a successful business owner. Right. Be like, but I, I want this money though. What? <laughs> Back on execution, there are a lot of days where I'm like, I don't feel like sending out this email and I have to ask brain, like, do you feel like making money though? <laughs> right. Right. I get that. I totally get that. I, I think I my gut to to tell me when to execute, <laughs> if mm. that makes sense. So um I think I think every artist, no matter what phase you're in, will suffer with those things. Um, and it's not really a suffering, like in a bad way, per se. It just, it's a thing, you know, imposter syndrome is a thing. Um, so it's not good or bad. It just kind of exists. Uh, but with that, being able to, um, shoot, I lost my, my whole thought. It literally just like flew out the window. I'll Shit. tie it back. I'll, I'll ask a more direct question. Cause I know I like tangent as an ADHD -er. um, yeah. uh that like when you're doing marketing with tattoo artists and you're working with them like what were the what were the kind of main struggles that you found artists in the shop had around marketing themselves what were the most common mistakes or themes that you were seeing come up for people so not necessarily I think the most common mistake going back to executing would be showing up like you can't make money if nobody knows you're there. You know what I mean? Like uh, I had an apprentice and God bless her. She literally thought that once you start tattooing, like people just kind of like line up out the door. Nobody knows you, <laughs> you know? So I think, you know, the assumption that, that once you are in the space, 
that things just kind of magically happen, people kind of magically appear, um, is a big thing that happens for artists and creatives. With that, uh, we were talking earlier about like with marketing and artists and creatives feeling like going back to personhood, um, feeling like they're slutting themselves out, you know, where, you know, uh, when you market, you're obviously trying to share what your offerings are so that you can make money. And a lot of people will, a lot of artists and creatives will see that as like they're undermining their work or they shouldn't get paid for, you know, for this creativity, you know, things like that, where it's just like, come on, dog, like you really need to make money so that you can grow. Um, It's not, I think it's more selfish to think of it that way than it is to actually just show up and market. Um, And that's because somebody needs you. Somebody wants to be inspired by you. Somebody wants what you actually have, but you just over here thinking they just going to magically know by osmosis or something (laughs) that, that you exist. And they're just going to, you know, come into your pipeline is wild. Um, So I think really that whole lack of showing up, and how we how we've been framed to understand uh to understand marketing and capitalism if you will uh and how those go hand in hand as opposed to looking at how those things benefit your own universe hey entrepreneur i don't care what stage of business you're in if you're doing it alone you're doing it wrong We need people. We need people in our corner. We need outside eyes. We need someone to go to. We need that in case of emergency break glass person that we can call when we're stuck or frustrated or overwhelmed, when we aren't sure what move to make, or when we just want to celebrate our accomplishments. We need the right people on our team. No one who has ever built a big, successful business does it alone. You should not be trying to do it all alone. You need people in your corner because owning and running a business might be one of the hardest things you ever do. And most people in your life simply won't be able to relate or guide you if they've never done what you're trying to do. Ideally, I'd like to see you in one-on-one coaching so that I can really be a partner to you behind the scenes in the day-to-day of your business and walk alongside you through every season, every stage, even into the nitty-gritty details. But if you're not ready for that, at the very least, I want you to get into the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven. Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is the number one resource you need for success as a heart-centered creative entrepreneur. There is truly nothing else like it on the market. It's a hybrid of courses, group coaching, a mastermind, and a brilliant supportive community all in one. Joining the Coven will connect you to teaching and tools designed to guide you through every single step of building and scaling your business to six figures. No more questioning what to do all by yourself. No more buying random one-off courses on different topics and trying to patchwork it all together. Every single topic you need is covered. We're talking from legal structure to contracts to branding to marketing to product development, launching, you name it, it's in here. Can you imagine never having to buy another course again because you've already got it all under one roof and if you need something, you can just search it and find it? That alone is worth the investment. But you also get access to bi-weekly, high-impact, live group coaching sessions with me, ongoing workshops with guest experts, and our private Facebook group so that you can stop doing business alone. And you should. You should. 
and Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is one amazing way that you can do that. Go to intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven, C-O-V-E-N, to join today. And as a special thank you for being a listener to the pod, simply enter the code podcast on any checkout page for 11% off your first three months of membership at any level. That's intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven and enter the code podcast at checkout. I can't wait to help you grow your business so that you can make a bigger impact, help more people, share your gifts with a larger audience, and make the money you deserve to be making for your gifts, skills, and talents. But most of all, I want to see you so confident and so self-assured that you are just as talented at running a business as you are at the thing you and that is within reach when you join the coven. So I can't wait to see you inside. Let's get back to the show. Like how does marketing actually help you? Well, showing up is the first step and you can show up to drive a, a, a stake into your dreams to really be like, I'm doing this, you know, you know, become delusional, become obsessed with what it is that you're, that you're creating with what it is that you're about to launch into the world or what it is that you're currently sharing. Allow yourself to be obsessed, allow yourself to celebrate that. It's not bragging, um, not in a negative way. It's literally saying, I made this for you. Hey, you know, we don't see those things that way. Um, We don't see it as we're sharing things that, you know, people can put into words that we can't even express in words a lot of times. Um, And that's just as important as a communication as anything else. So, you know, visual communication is just as important, you know, as a ASL as is speaking. So being able to really share those things um is important but we don't see it that way we see it as our babies and our babies stay with us um uh, and we should not give them out for money and if we have something to give out that people should just know that we're here and that's kind of ass backwards that's really (laughs) i love this so much and something that i think is like clutch that I've noticed with my clients. I always call it misinterpreting the data, right? Back to the thing about like the the cyclical nature of these, like you do this thing and it has this negative impact and that erodes your confidence and then you keep doing the thing. Mm-hmm. I think another thing on that with misinterpreting the data is like, okay, I'm not showing up in my marketing. So I you know, I decided I was gonna start a business, strike out on my own. I like started an Instagram, I put out a website and now I'm just waiting and like people aren't buying. And what I'm taking that to mean is that I'm not good at my craft, right? Like the wrong attribution, like, oh, I'm not good enough yet. People don't think I'm good enough yet, right? Like, right. And I think that some of this is because we live in a culture that I think kind of simultaneously like vilifies the working artist and deifies celebrity. And I think that like people get real confused about the difference between being a working artist and like a dream of celebrity, right? Like this, like you're going to be a pop star, right? Like I'm going to drop a, a single and I'm going to wake <laughs> up in the morning and I'm going to have a record deal and like millions of followers, and, right? Like I'm just going to drop one thing and it's going to be so good and I'm going to be suddenly so recognized and it's all going to take off on its own. And it's like, first of all, that doesn't really happen. Like all the stories of that, like, 
What we right. don't get in those stories is the years and years of work and networking and things that were going on behind the scenes for that like overnight success, quote unquote, like that's saying like it takes 10 years for there to be an overnight success. Yeah. Like that's not, it's not real. But also like this again, back to like whether or not I am good. I've got this secret story that maybe I don't even know myself. That if I were really a good artist, I would just drop something and I would walk away and I'd come back to find that it took on a life of its own and blew up and now all my financial troubles are solved and I'm world renowned and everyone knows who I am and I'm never going to have to hustle ever again. And you're like, okay, that's that's a fantasy that you're going to get rescued. That's not a desire to run a business. Those are not the same. Yeah, those are not the same ministry, not even a little bit. Also, if we look at like even the story of creation, right? Life was breathed into what was created. So you don't just drop something like you still have to breathe life into it. Breathing life into it isn't just making it. It's literally how you share it with the world. It's how you actually put it out. Not just, you know, that's why they have marketing rollouts for things, you know, rollouts are a whole jam. And that's literally, you can consider that like a breath of life in terms of, in terms of what that creation is and how you market it to the world. So maybe I should just say marketing is your breath of life. Mm. I don't know, <laughs> but, I love but it really is, you know, how you share it with the world, not just, and how you share it with yourself. So, you know, communing with the creation after you've created it, you know, before you give it out to the world. Erica Badu has an awesome interview where she shares that uh, they were talking about the word woke. And she was like, it's not my word anymore. Like once I put it out there, it's not mine anymore. So it, it does have to grow up. It's going to take on a life of its own, but she also shared it so many times before it caught on. You know, she shared the spirit and the idea of wokeness before it actually caught on, you know, for the masses to 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 know what it is. I think she spread that for almost like 10 years before it really took off. She breathed a breath of life into it. You know, she shared it in song. She shared her philosophy of what woke is almost everywhere in interviews, things like that. So really taking that idea and saying, yes, for for my baby to go out into the world and grow up, I still have to breathe life into it. I love this so much. And it also makes me think about right back on like art and gallery showings. I used to own an art gallery um, back in the and back in Oakland, like when oh, I was much so younger, I owned a, an art collective and thinking about the idea of like, making a painting or a sculpture, making tons of paintings and tons of sculptures. And then you've got them all in the back of your garage facing the wall. And you're wondering why nobody sees your art, right? Like, why does nobody hit me up? And it's like, okay, but like a white wall, a pedestal, a price underneath it, right? Like, <laughs> like that's how we sell your work. Like, we gotta put it out. Very simple. <laughs> right? We did a good showcase, a nice <laughs> place for people to go. Maybe, maybe put it at eye level. <laughs> <laughs> just like maybe <laughs> maybe put it at eye level <laughs> maybe put it at eye level we could try that like maybe don't have it face the wall maybe have it face the room i don't know i'm just spitballing but like this right. the idea that you're gonna make the thing and then shove it in a corner somewhere is also disrespectful to the thing you made to the right you put in all this time and all this yeah. effort to make this beautiful thing and then you just got it sitting up against the wall in your garage? Like, you're not going to show it? I think that that probably complements and goes back to that idea of um, 
doing what you like honoring your commitment to yourself like you created it now what that, this that, I'm going to wow. say is a little controversial and I'm curious how you feel about it but this is something that I feel really strongly about share it even if you don't like it because it's not your job to be the critic of your work it's just your job to make it other people will decide if they like it like you just just share it doing all these karate chops of excitement <laughs> Because the way I'm just like, you never know what's good and what's not. You have you no idea. Your opinion isn't the one that matters. Right. And and people's opinions aren't even your business. So share it anyway. So <laughs> that's what my grandmama used to teach me. Like other people's opinion of of your work, of, of you, um, because your work still, it, it is an extension of you, you know, per se. But if you cut yourself from the opinions now you don't have that damaging self-reflection of i'm not good enough you know it's i put it out there all right people didn't jam with that one on to the next but at least you still shared it and at everyone least has the that commitment to yourself everyone has the experience all the creatives i know have the experience of making something that you think is a little throwaway whatever and that's the thing that gets the most that's the one that blows up right (laughs) and then the thing you're like i worked on this for six months gets like two likes you're like what the fuck god damn it like we just never know you're too close to it to know yeah like just just put it out there just let it allow it to have its own space for a moment so you can see what what its actual spirit is like what it does um but yeah there are so many creatives who won't I I think I have a hard time saying this because I am one of those creatives who still won't put things out if I don't like it but it's not the art that I won't put out it's just ugly ashy pictures because Instagram be like it'll be like yeah, no, we can't post this. The, you know, the picture quality is too bad or anything like that. So I'm very critical about how sharp my pictures look. Other than that, yeah, put it out there. Like, especially, you just never know what's a vibe. Like, you just never know. And you never know a lot of stuff that we create um, is energy transmuted through us, right? So we're creating something. All these creations aren't for us alone. They're not for ourselves. They are meant to go through us. I talk about ideation a lot of times and how ideas are like babies. They choose you to come through, right? They choose you to be birthed through. But that doesn't mean that it's always for you. It may be for somebody else. So just because you don't like it don't mean don't share it. (laughs) You could still be helping someone else within that share alone, but you too selfish to get past is, is, you know, is something I don't like. Who cares? Share it. You know, I also am never above considering that I'm an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm like judging my work and I'm like, I might just be being a dick to my work right now. Or <laughs> like I might just be being an asshole. Like I might not be, be being very kind to my shit right now in a way that if I shared it, other people might be much kinder and much more generous than I am. <laughs> like I might just be being an asshole. <laughs> That that so when you share in that in that way, it helps you reframe that, and it helps you reframe your inner or reframe your inner dialogue so juicily, deliciously that it's just like, wait, I was doing inner work and I didn't know, <laughs> you know, because you literally, I'm a, I'm always a dick to myself, so I get it. <laughs> and then I put it out, put something out, and you're like, well, look at this, look at God, look, these people really wait, wait a minute. What? You, 
I'm going to go take a thing that I think we all have to remember, myself included. In the dance world, I call this phenomenon six aerialists and two girls on fire. In my mind, I have an unlimited budget. I have the the budget of the like NFL halftime show. And I have six aerialists. I got two bitches on fire. I have 60 dancers. I can do anything and everything. There's no gravity, right? Like the picture in my mind of what I want to create is extravagant. In real life, I just have, in real life, I have my little body in my living room with my old ass <laughs> knees and just fighting to survive. And so the gap between what I made and what my picture was in my head, sometimes that's all I can see. All I can see is the the difference between the original image I have in my head and what actually came out. And that gap might be really big. And I always have to remember the audience doesn't see the gap. They don't know what I intended to create. All they see is what I made. So right. they're just reacting to what I made with none of my biases, none of my, oh, I wanted this to happen. And it didn't really come out the way I wanted. I wanted this thing, but that didn't happen. They don't know any of that. They get to react unbiased. I'm the one with all the biases. With all the bias. And we all know what it's like to come back to an old piece that we didn't share and be like, this is so good. Like, why did I not share this? What was wrong with me? Because you're... Uh you're now distant enough that you don't remember all the things that didn't work out. And so you can really see the piece a little bit more like an audience member and be like, man, this was good. I was tripping. Yeah, definitely. There's, um, when it comes to that, I think a lot of times there's also creativity that is light years ahead of you, even though you are the person who created it. So you may not like it in that moment because you just don't understand it in that moment. You might need to actually grow into into the actual piece that you created. So you share it where you can still go back and look at it. You can still see what the information is. As you mature as an artist or a creative or an individual in general, you're able to go back and see what you appreciate about that piece, which again goes back to being able to reframe those things deliciously in your brain. Um, I love the idea of being ahead of my own time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. That has been a pain point for me for the longest time to understand that a lot of the things that I've created were done like fine line for tattoo, just catching on for dark skin. I'm 20 years in. I'm the one who started doing fine line tattoo, like literally like screaming it. Nobody was catching on to that shit. Now it's like a whole trend, like, you know, hashtags and everything. And it's just like, it was before it's time, but I helped bring it to life. You know what I mean? Now I can still go back and see what I appreciate about when I started doing fine line tattoo and where I need to get better. Or, you know, just be inspired by other artists who are now inspired to do more fine line tattoo. You just never know what the domino effect is going to be. And most of the time it's positive. If you just put it out there and just trust it again, back to trusting your gut, your gut doesn't say, don't put it out. Put the shit out there. Who cares? What, what, I mean, what's the most that's going to happen in real life? Is the world going to blow up? You know, your family's going to leave you because you put something out there unless it's something spicy. I mean, it depends on the family, <laughs> you know, like without the nuances, when we look at the generalizations of it, it literally is like, what is the worst that's going to happen? Right. The worst thing that's going to happen is someone on Instagram is going to say they don't like it <laughs> and you, right. will live. you will survive. And, and nine times out of 10, one, they're probably a normie, which means they they're probably neurotypical in the first place. 
they don't count. Um, love y'all normies. <laughs> and then on top of that, you're able to um, you're able to understand that you don't know these people. So they really don't count. And if you put on top of that, that their opinions are none of your business, what they doing to you? Like, really, what's the worst that can happen at that point? And what I think this ties to in terms of what's the worst that could happen for so many people, especially folks who are assigned females birth, socialized and raised as feminine beings in the world, the idea that people don't like you is very challenging to work through. Like this idea that like, wait, I don't exist to please others and to like be palatable and to be consumed, literally just consumed by the world and like to be nice, right? Like the idea that people are mad at you, that people don't like you, that people think you're ugly, right? Like all that stuff is so terrifying for a lot of us like I had to really work through the I right and I was also like really bullied as a kid so if you were really bullied knowing that you're gonna go out into a space where like you know the internet's not necessarily known for people being polite or moving on <laughs> that's not what it's known for and so like you know you're about to go into a space where you're potentially going to get bullied really by a bunch of like lame adults who are hiding behind a keyboard somewhere who would never say this to your face who are just like mean for sport because they don't like their lives right like you know what all the things are but the the physiological the nervous system reaction to like opening your phone and seeing people be mean to you or people right. say they don't like your work that is real and it is like dysregulating and it's challenging absolutely and like there's real stuff to work through there. And I think for a lot of folks, like all the time I talk about like business is shadow work. Like there is no chance you're going to go into business and not have to do a bunch of deep inner work. That That's just not how that goes because it's entrepreneurship, especially, especially when we talk about business, entrepreneurship is like the personal development challenge of like life. Of life, <laughs> right? Like all of your relationship stuff, all of your stuff about how you relate to humans is going to come up because what is business? It's relationships with lots and lots of humans. Like that's what it is. So all of your your fears, your doubts, your insecurities, mm -hmm. the ways that you think about yourself, your hangups, your like, I can't not be liked. What's gonna happen if people think I'm not nice, right? Like all that stuff if you're not willing to like really work through all of those young life programming things and be like, is that how I want to live as an adult? Are these the rules I want to follow for my life going forward? Do I want to live by this or do I want to have my dream life? Right. If Maybe. I have to pick one, which one do I want? <laughs> You got to be willing to like look at those things and do that work and maybe admit to yourself like, wow, I really walk around the world feeling like the worst thing that could ever happen is for some people to not like me. Why is that? Do I want to live like that? I think that's the that's the most important question when you when you start looking at things like that is really like why. First of all, when those things happen online, because I know I generalized it um, and that's mostly because of my own upbringing. Like I was taught by my mom um, how to argue, how to critically think when it comes to certain things, because I'm black, 
came from the hood. Like there's a lot that people could easily pick on, you know, pick apart about me um, as I, as I was coming up. So she had already instilled that kind of like boundary um, so that I can, I can, I can, uh, what's the word? I can navigate those things a lot easier. Right. Um, But when it comes to that, uh, being able to step back from the internet, I still have to do it where, you know, instead of me, I'll post something and then just walk away, come back to it later. Like, you know, it took a lot for me to even prepare the posts, the hashtags, some heartfelt caption that I probably really did put like all of my 10 toes in and my whole spirit. And now I'm exhausted anyway. So post it come back, like be kind to yourself in that space Um, because those people really do exist and there's nothing we can do to stop them. The only thing that we have is like a nice block feature. So, you know, with that really, really being like, I'm still going to share this anyway. And once you get to that space of I'm going to share it anyway and not sharing in a spirit of um, don't call in people who would actually reply in those ways. So if you share it more in like a heartfelt spirit, like the way that you would want to interact with somebody, it does wonders with how the internet works for you. If that makes sense. That doesn't mean that you're not going to, you're not going to find the occasional assholes. I think the last one ended up in my DMs like three years ago. And then we had a nice little talk because he used one of my favorite words. He said I was posturing and I was like, Ooh, fun. (laughs) But when it comes down to it, just being able to post, give yourself some space and time and then come back, read comments, engage as you will. Maybe maybe reading comments and really soaking in what people are saying happens for you best in the morning. You know, maybe it happens for you at night where you can just kind of relax and unwind and you're just like, "Ah, I'm just playing on the Internet. You know, set yourself up where you already feel like you've escaped so that way, you know, you, you're you comfortable as you go through these comments. I think it's very important to outline that there are ways that you can you can work through this even while you're doing the inner work where you can still show up for yourself. Um, you can still market, but while you're marketing, you can get those lessons that you need and really, you know, work with yourself to unravel yourself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I also think it's so important to recognize that, like, even when you do encounter assholes, like, the idea that people don't like you, they don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> they don't dislike yeah. you. They like yeah. right. Like they don't. They don't even know you well enough to not like you. They are just deciding to like pop off about a post on Instagram, and it has like it's not about us in any way. And like yeah. the more we can, it's really so much. I think for so many people, like unhook your nervous system from the like. Oh my god! Like the. <gasps> Like someone said yeah. something mean and I have to react or respond in this certain way or like tell myself a story about what it means and like being able to be more removed and more neutral. I know that's easier said than done, but just Absolutely. Like, you don't know me. We are not, we don't know each other. And also I just want to remind everyone all the time, how sad and boring and empty does someone's life have to be as an adult if they're sitting around on the internet making negative comments? Like That's the part. That is absolutely the part. It's not about you. Like when somebody's negative about something that you said, it's more about them. Like <laughs> and whatever they have going on, you keep shining. Do you? So yeah, that's definitely the part. 
So if there are some creatives out there listening who are really just getting started and thinking about wanting to share their work, what would you tell them to do? What would I tell them to do to start to share their work? Post it. Nothing fancy, nothing, you know, uh, just post it. And if you post it that day, post something else or the same thing the next day. Just, you know, that way you can find your consistency. So the first thing is, if you think of it like a staircase, you know, nobody says like, well, how many stairs is it? And can I like skip like four stairs to get all the way up there or anything like that? You have to start by taking the first step. And the first step is to just just post it. Wherever you can share your work, if it's not posting it online, if it's you going to the gallery and really turning your painting over from the wall and showing it outward, you know, within the space, go do that shit. Like whatever that first step is that's equivalent to posting it online, do that. I love that. And let's say maybe like a UA marketing tip for people that might surprise them you may marketing tip for people oh first of all let me go ahead and, and note that you may is i also it's also a crux on the word because you're saying you may so you're always giving yourself permission so it's also your permission slip to continue to do what it is that you want to do um if I don't know if you guys listening know the game Mother May I, and you had to wait for them to say, for whoever you're playing with, to say, yes, you may. You don't wait. You say, yes, you may. So you can say Mother May I, but you're not waiting for somebody else to give you that okay. You're saying, yes, you may to yourself. Um, in terms of a marketing tip, uh, we were talking about uh, earlier marketing and self-care, and I think that's what I would use as the tip to see marketing as self-care for you, um, that you are honoring a commitment to yourself and your creativity, to your actual innate gifts. If you are creating within your gifts, you have a right, you have a obligation um, even to share it. So looking at, um, looking at marketing more as self-care to really get to, you know, to not start that erosion and corrosion cycle, to really be able to um, just put it out there, you know, come what may, to say yes to your dreams, to really get clear about what it is that you want to do. You, you're not ever going to get clear on it. You're not ever going to, you know, progress in your art and your creativity. You wouldn't progress in your marketing if you don't just show up for yourself. You really do have to take action. That's where you're going to learn the most. So being able to see marketing as self-care in a way of saying, I'm developing myself. I'm just, you know, that's as simple literally as a post. Now the inner work and all the things that come behind that is that's that's the other things. <laughs> but it really is um as simple as you doing a post. It may trigger you doing more inner work, but really being like, you know, marketing is self-care for me. Marketing is something I'm able to, you know, to uh to commune with other people. Um, because you're going to open up and there are going to be people who like your creations and they're going to talk to you. You just never know who's out there and who's watching. You may be inspiring somebody. You're inspiring yourself every time you do it. You're growing every time you do it. So marketing is more of self-care. It's not the slutty capitalistic thing that we've, you know, we've been taught that it is. It's not. 
I love that so much. And I want to piggyback on that by sharing that this idea of like, just post, just start. I think for a lot of people that I encounter, there's two things that come up around that. One is overcomplication, which I think is like, like sneaky perfectionism and overcomplication. And the other is a thing I call ducks in a row procrastination, where it's like, oh, I wanna post, but before I post, I need to have this like really elaborate marketing strategy and I need to have a photo shoot, but I can't afford to have a photo shoot until I do this and I can't do this until I do that and I can't do that. Like, it, like mm -hmm. you're just putting all these obstacles in your path to prevent yep. yourself from being able to take the first step. And that first of all, like you don't need to do all that. And the voice in your head that's telling you that you need to do all that is the voice in your head that really kind of feels like your work is not enough and you're not enough and you're going to have to do big, elaborate, fancy things in order to showcase the work properly. And you're really like kind of getting in your own way around all of these, like people won't like it unless it's really extreme and really fancy and all of this other stuff. And then in my work, I always call this the art of underdoing it and it works for marketing and it literally works for everything that you have resistance to keep asking what like what one less thing you can do and keep peeling things away until you find something you have no resistance to something it might be so small right it might just be like okay just take a picture of it that's what I'm going to do today, right? Like find something that you, some action you can take that is so small that you can't find any objection to doing it and just do that and then let that be enough. And if you notice all these objections coming up inside you of like, that's not enough, be, like take out your damn journal back to introspection and write out, I feel like that's not enough. Why? Yeah. Write down the answer. Why is it not enough? Because what you're going to find in there is whatever limiting belief, self-doubt, negative story it is that you're telling yourself about how like, I'm not good enough and my work's not good enough and I won't be accepted unless I jump through hoops and do backflips and have six aerialists and two girls on fire. <laughs> like, that's like not what you need, like, it's not it. <laughs> and then you can write down, where did I get this idea? Then you can write down, is it true? Right, like just kind of walk yeah. yourself through the process of like, why am I telling myself that there have to be all of these complicated obstacles in front of just sharing. And Absolutely. is that true? I think, I think just sharing is probably the easiest and less complicated way to look at marketing. You're literally just sharing, you know, you may have a goal on the back end, sure. Um, but the first step is just share, just share. You know, sharing is nice. Sharing is fun. Like, that's why we have hot pot and, you know, family dinners and stuff. Like, there, there's warmth in sharing. Mm, there's that. a lot that comes from just sharing, you know, whether it's for you or whoever, whoever's uh, eyes, it, you know, and feed it crosses. Just share. If you start from that space of, I just like to share that's probably like one of the less resistant, least resistant paths that you can take to starting your marketing. I love it so much. So Amani, where are you on the internet? What are you working on? Where can people find you? Where can people come work with you? Yeah. Okay. So I am at, get your pens out guys. Um, I puke kawaii.com. Wait, no, I meant to say Instagram. <laughs> 
You can use both, actually. They they both go, um, they're both legit. But uh, I puke, I-P-U-K-E, kawaii, K-A-W-A-I-I um, is my Instagram. And you can use it for my website. Just put .com behind it. Um, I am working on, what am I working on? I'm working on a new platform called Black Tattoo Anthology. Um, and it is a gathering and celebration of the renaissance of Black tattoo artists. Um, 20 years in uh, and coaching artists and creatives, uh, I'm only the second Black female tattoo artist, and there's a huge gap in the industry um, and what that looks like. So to be able to help more artists um, sustain themselves in tattoo for the long haul, not just for what they, you know, what we come in for, for surviving is where my heart really is. So um, we are working on a nice celebratory uh, platform to really gather a lot more of the OGs and start helping to mentor, not just, not just tattoo artists, creatives in general, because a lot of things that we've learned in tattoo is definitely transferable to other creatives and even more transferable to apply to life in general. So that's that's where we're what we're doing. Um, it's going to be fun. We launch in October next year. So with that, I am working on a book, and the book is called Black Tattoo Culture, Volume One, and it is about um, the things I've been able to observe and what I would like to see go better, or you know how I would like to see. Um, Black artists be able to come together and do better so that we can build dynastically, not just, you know, for survival, but what does that look like for striving and thriving? Um, I think is where where that is. I've been able to survive 20 years. So I think that's pretty amazing. And I would like to see more artists get there where they're not burnt out um, and they're they're ready to evolve by the time they hit mastery. So that's what I'm doing. Um, and you can find me at ipukawaii or ipukawaii.com. And you can check out Yes, You May. Well, not Yes, You May, but you can check out You May uh, in my B school for creatives um, where I divulge a lot of this stuff, a lot of my own philosophies, things that are from learned experience um, and help you curate your own um your own bankable lifestyle is what I like to call it. Oh, I love it so much. And you'll see everyone when you go to Imani's Instagram, when we first connected, I was like, the R2 aesthetics for Adventure Time fans is Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. Like even on the show right now, like she's like pink with pink hair and I'm in all black. Oh my gosh. The way I want to do a cover of, of um, Princess Bubblegum and Marceline, but with our faces for... Ooh. Oh my gosh. We should do it. Do that for, oh my Let's God. do it. I will send you pictures. I dressed up with a friend of mine as Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. For Are Alex. you serious? But I went as Princess Bubblegum and they went as Marceline, which was like a funny switch because usually I am all black everything. So. Oh my gosh. And I love, like, I love friends who are like all black because I'm all pink so like just that pink and black aesthetic in general the pictures is, will always be cute I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> we woke up this way what do you want <laughs> thank you everybody so so much for being here I will put all of the links for everything in the show notes and thank you Amani for coming and sharing your brilliance oh, with everybody you. bye mm -hmm.
That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching. Have a great day.